Hello, my friends. This is Mindy Joy, and I'm going to do a little share about what I read this morning in 1 Samuel chapter 14 and Luke chapter 17, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Now, this is something I do every morning. It's called Bible Immersion, and I follow this reading program from Bible for Food, and our... Um, our little community, what we do is we all have this reading plan and most people journal on what they read that day. And I like to do a verbal audio about what I read that day because I'm the type of person I process and digest information as I speak more so than when I write and my handwriting's not that good in my hand. I don't write that fast. <laughs> um, not to say that I don't journal sometimes, but this is something that I do. And this Bible program, this schedule gets you through the Bible every single year. And they have Bible immersion workshops through BibleForFood.org. If you're interested to get inspired to read the Bible every day and see what God is saying to you and teaching you about his, um, what he, his character, his, excuse me, his power towards us, his might towards us, his love towards us. And just to know the word that he gave us from the old Testament to the new Testament, or, you know, what was, known back then the first five books of the Bible is the Torah and it's um it's a wonderful fascinating thing to do and I feel like I've grown from it a lot and it made me just love the Bible and gave me so much more wisdom and understanding about life than I had had but like all of us I'm a work in progress so first I want to touch on something interesting about 1 Samuel 14 and Luke 17. And it's what's really fun about reading the New Testament, the Old Testament at one time. There's a lot of days that many of people in Bible immersion can attest to that it just flows together. Like the chapter you're reading in the Old Testament, it seems like Jesus is speaking to in the New Testament, like when you're in the Gospels or Paul is addressing when you're in the epistles or whatever book of the Bible you're in. So it's really interesting to see how the old and the new um, sometimes um, address the same thing on certain days. And this is not far-fetched because remember when Jesus read in Luke 61 that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him because he has anointed him to preach the good news to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, proclaiming, um, I'm not reading it in front of me. I'm thinking of the song that my husband, the, the melody my husband wrote to this is, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor and heal the brokenhearted, proclaiming freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, liberating those who are oppressed, proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. And that's also repeated in Luke, um, I think it's, is it 18, 4? For Okay, it's repeated also, let me just say in the New Testament, I'm, um, it's early in the morning, guys, and I don't want to, um, if I was a Bible scholar or a teacher, I would make sure that I had like all my P's and Q's, um, but I'm not here to 
um, be claim myself as a Bible teacher or a Bible scholar. I just want to inspire you to read the Word every day and see how you can hear the verse of God through the Word of God through the Scriptures for your own life. So the first thing I am going to address right here is eating disorders and anorexia and overeating and dieting. And you might be thinking, what in the world does that have to do with the Bible? Well, for me, coming from having had an eating disorder and now living a very disciplined um, life with food in the food area and being on a food plan, I had anorexia. And I one time was what would have been considered clinically obese and up to 50 pounds overweight, as a matter of fact, a few times in my life um, before I hit like age 30. And I, I went through a lot of turmoil and pain in trying to find um, answers and recoveries and was an eating disorder unit and so forth. So by experience, I know what I'm talking about when I talk about anorexia, when I talk about compulsive overeating and all that stuff that's in between. So I wanted to point out that in 1 Samuel chapter 14, Saul makes a rash vow and, and I'm going to skip over a lot of facts here, but you, you should really read this for yourself. But Jonathan and his troops um, are fighting the Philistines. Jonathan just was like stirred up to take on the Philistines, like with just by himself. And it's, it's a fascinating, very inspiring story. He, he was kind of like the spirit of David where he just felt like, come on, you know, um, God told us, you know, to, um, that these lands were ours. So what are we waiting for? And he boldly, um, checked it out and on his own without the support or even asking permission and took his servant with him and 600 men. And he, um, he prevailed and he was victorious. And then there's a whole lot more about that warring that went on. Um, a little side note, if you're interested in the military and, and about the history of warfare and the strategies of warfare. The Bible's like one of the best books you could read because there's a lot of wisdom in waging war, and you can even take that as an analogy for the war within ourselves. So I found a lot of help in how to wage war, and one of the scriptures in Proverbs says um, that um, there's safety in a multitude of counselors, and it it also speaks to warfare when it when it speaks that proverb and that um but wise counselors we have to choose our counselors um wisely but the biggest counselor we need to go to the go to and the one who knows all things is the holy spirit and also that god will confirm things through other people so i had a situation yesterday of a huge life decision financial decision i had to make and I just wasn't the direction I was going to go with it. I did not feel comfortable with it at all. But it, it made sense on paper. It made sense um, mathematically and all that kind of stuff. But I spoke to a woman um, uh, that is very strong in the Lord and a prayer warrior and somebody who's very close to me and one of my dearest mentors. Um, and she, you know, gave me wisdom. She also had professional experience in this career and um, and giving financial advice in this certain area. And she gave me a light. 
she shed a light on this through her experience, her expertise, and through prayer and um, spiritual care for me as her sister in the Lord and showed me a whole other way to look at it. And it, um, it blessed me very much. So had I not, I, my, my husband also gave me wise counsel and I thought of that scripture that out of the mouth of two or more witnesses. And I just only had one witness, my husband to make this decision. So I saw, you know, it, I, I saw it through the leading of the Holy spirit, my friend, my sister, and my mentor, um, who is, um, long distance in a whole other region of the country. And she gave me amazing advice that all of a sudden when she spoke to me, I had peace about it. I had peace about this advice. So that's um, a side note. And I believe these side notes, you know, they're, I, like I said, I'm not being a Bible teacher right now, but um, I, I teach and I flow a little bit more prophetically than I do line on line, precept on precept, because again, I'm not a professional Bible teacher, nor am I a scholar. So I leave that to the teachers and um, I can suggest some really great um, Bible teachers and scholars, my pastor being um, one. If you're looking for that, just write me at mindyjoymusic at gmail.com and I'll send you some suggestions of people to listen to. So um, so there, Sal makes this rash vow and as I was saying that um, his son Jonathan was busy fighting and so um, and the men of Israel had been hard pressed that day. So there, um, verse 24 in 1 Samuel 14, before that from verse 1, they had been um, winning over the Philistines. But now things are hard pressed. Now this war is not so easy and they're hard pressed, which meaning it's meaning they're getting their butt kicked. So, um, so Sal just makes this rash vow. We know that Sal is a little bit of a wild card, like, you know, he, Samuel kind of like, you know, it's like, I'm done with him. You know, um, he, the anointing kind of had been taken from him as king because he wasn't, he wasn't obeying the things of God. He was taking on himself to be the priest in the previous chapter or two. And he just wasn't, you know, following God, his ego got into things and he just impulsively says stuff and does stuff out of his power without really thinking or inquiring of the Lord. So he, you know, he takes his role as the king and says, cursed be the man who eats food until it's evening and I am avenged on my enemies. Okay, number one, dumb. You're asking people to do physical warfare and which means sometimes with very little sleep and now you're going to take food away from them? Like you don't go to the Olympics and you starve your team. You just don't do that. So, you know, common sense. So he did this and he said they can't eat anything. So none of the people had tasted food. Now, when all the people came to the forest, behold, there was honey on the ground. And when the people entered the forest, behold, the honey was dropping, but no one put his hand to his mouth for the people feared the oath. That was the oath of Samuel. But Jonathan had not heard his father's charge charged the people with the oath. So he put out the tip of his staff that was in his hand and dipped it in the honeycomb and put his hand to his mouth and his eyes became bright. Okay, first, 
um, all my former anorexics out there or anybody struggling with it out there, can we attest to the fact that we become weak when we didn't eat? I mean, I could tell you that there were many times, many times I was dizzy and felt like I was going to faint and I didn't want anybody to know. I just played it off. Like, and I, I would pray sometimes like, Lord, please don't let, let me faint. Please don't let me faint because I didn't want anybody to know how much I was under eating and I was underweight and, and then too, I was fearful for my health. I really was. And, and that eventually I wanted to live and I didn't know what this was doing to my heart because I was underweight for a few years. Um, I weighed in the 80s, although I'm little. I was, um, I'm five feet tall, but um, so that might sound less than, you know, that was about 15 pounds underweight, um, 20, whatever, whatever chart you want to go by. It was anywhere from like 10 to 20 pounds underweight. So, but when you're little and you're getting older, you know, I'm not this um, young chickadee anymore. <laughs> you know, that it takes a toll on you. Plus it wasn't, I was, I wasn't just like hanging out at home. I was working and, um, you know, doing projects and exercising and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I had a busy life. And again, I was dizzy sometimes. I literally did faint a few times and, um, and I just wasn't, um, eating when I should have. But what goes along with anorexia is that, at least my, with me, I don't know, is everybody the same? But my thing was, I was really scared that if I ate, I would like it and I'd be overweight again. So I just kept my food to a certain category of foods, which was just raw fruits and vegetables, because I knew that wouldn't put food on me, any weight on me. And, and even if I ate, if I was really hungry and I partook in two mangoes, and that was my full meal with some green juice for the day, and, you know, just... um you know, maybe a big salad and avocado. Like I did that day after day after day after day. And that might be wonderful for a cleanse or a detox or you need to lose weight. But nobody was meant to live like that year after year after year. And, you know, the people who, and then you find people on the internet who say that they lived without any food and they just lived off of air and all these things. And I would listen to all this extremist stuff. And none of it was based on the word of God. None of these people, um, that I listened to were really, um, you know, believers. And it just got crazy and crazy. But my point is, um, look at the scriptures. It's like, yeah, this is common sense. You know, these people were trying to fight a battle and to overtake things that God had originally told them to overtake. But they couldn't do it this day with strength because they had not eaten because they followed this rash vow. And that was me. Like I followed these rash vows because I thought that, you know, fasting and doing 90 day juice fast when I was already skinny and, and all these things that I, I thought that it would make me more spiritual or I'd get some kind of answer. It would, you know, that I would fast my way to holiness. And it was like, you know, I know that there's... um that there's attributes to fasting, but hey, you know, I live a fasted life now. Like I don't, I eat a food plant and I, there's certain foods like, um, flour, sugar, um, all the junk food, the fast food, um, and you know, whatever, like I don't ever eat that ever. And that's like a fasted way of life. And I don't eat in between meals. And, um, you know, so that's, a uh, uh, you know, in a sense, that's like, um, that's not like a Bible fast, so to speak, because in the Bible, they really did not eat at all. But it's kind of like a um, way of 
a disciplined life. You know, it's like a discipline, you know, living in moderation. And so um, the other thing I want to say is that some food plants, they demonize certain foods, like um, they demonize certain categories of food, like certain you know, camps of people demonize protein and other people demonize carbohydrates. But um, I just, my experience in doing all this extreme stuff was find a food plan that includes proteins, carbohydrates, um, of course, in, in the best forms, you know, the things that God made. Um, you're good with the things that God made in the cleanest forms. I, I suggest organic if you can do it. And you know, you could look at the dirty dozen, look that up on, um, on, you know, the internet and you'll find that there's like certain foods you should absolutely only eat organic, but you know, there's a whole lot of foods with peels on them that, you know, fine, you know, we have to watch our pocketbooks and everything, you know, we have to watch our budget, but you know, that you do these things for long terms, a long, a long time. And it gets, um, it gets to be unhealthy. So here Jonathan is eating a carbohydrate. It's a, it's honey. And we see his, says his eyes have become bright. And to me, what I'm thinking is, you know, you get exhausted. And when we get exhausted, you, we can see in our eyes, our eyes grow dim, but when you get energy, you get bright. So, um, this gave him energy and that's the point. There's so many things to point out in this scripture to go line in line, to tell you the whole story of this. But I wanted to point that part out. And because his troops, you know, did keep the oath that when they were tempted. And so when what they did was um, they weren't supposed to eat the spoil of the Philistines, but they were so very faint and they were so, you know, they were starving in a sense. And so they took sheep and oxen and calves and slaughtered them on the ground. Well, wait a minute. Okay. Don't quote me here. I don't know if their sin was that they took the sheep and oxen of the spoil or that they, um, they ate them with the blood. It might have been that they ate them with the blood. So that might have been what the sin was according to what, um, you know, the law of Moses was. But anyways, um, so um, with that, with that, with that, it caused them to sin. That's the bottom line. You weren't supposed to eat anything with the blood, and it caused them to sin. So also, you know, when you restrict somebody so badly, like our children, like, you know, you, you restrict them of things that are needful, like fresh air, um, recess time, um, you know, a sense of humor and everything is condemnation, condemnation, condemnation. Everything is deprived, 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 deprived. And our Christian lives become so, you know, we do that with ourselves and, and everything is, you know, we, we focus more on don't do this and don't do that and don't do that and don't do this. And we don't focus on the things that are, you know, permissible and, and are needful, like fellowship, like, you know, love and relationships, like, um, laughter, you know, taking, you know, things like that. And, and also receiving, just giving, 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 giving all the time and not receiving and, you know, these are things that it becomes unbalanced and eventually it can cause you to snap. It could cause you to snap emotionally. It could cause you to snap, you know, physically with dieting. And the other disclaimer I want to put here is I'm not talking about being on a food plan that is devoid of ever eating ice cream and pie again, you know, for example. And people are, and you all know yourselves like, 
you know, there is a lot of people who, you know, they go on these, um, they just can moderate. They just can't. They're not that far gone. I know people like that. A lot of people, you know, my church that, you know, lost weight, or I wouldn't say a lot, but like a handful, they just, they don't go on food plans and they just eat less and they just know how to moderate. You know, there's days when I, you know, there's parties or whatever, and I partake in these things. And then the next day I do intermittent fasting or whatever the thing is, and it works for them. Now me, I'm of the type, I don't need to taste that food because then, you know, the fruit, the, the, the things that I eat don't taste as good the next day. And I'm just tempted. It just creates this craving in me, the way that my brain works, the way that my brain lights up when I eat sugar, you might as well like put a needle in my arm. I'm just like that. It affects me the same way. And it also, um, in my brain affects me and I get brain fog and everything. I don't need to be eating, um, you know, things that are sugar and flour and desserts and things. I know my limitations and, you know, that's me, but I don't sit there and judge somebody else because they can handle it and they know how to do moderation and that works perfectly fine and, and they're healthy. And, you know, and so we all have to seek God for ourselves. Like I said, me, I'm the type of person I love being on a food plan. I love being on a food plan with ways you know, my food plan is like measured portions and it's very freeing to me. And it, 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 um, also I enjoy my meals and it satiates me to where I'm not tempted. I'm not, I'm not tempted at all because I eat the right, I eat like the most, um, greatest superfoods on my plan and, and, you know, fruits and vegetables and a lot of greens and, um, you know, and, and beans and lentils in measured portions, not just, you know, and I don't, on my food plan, I don't skip meals, but I'm not here to, to, um, you know, promote a certain meal plan or anything or one meal plan over the other. I'm just saying, don't do these extreme things where, you know, where your um, food plan is not enough protein or not enough, you know, it has no fruit whatsoever. Um, or, um, you know, no vegetables whatsoever. Like that, those might be great cleanses and there's things out there and you might need to do that for a time to, you know, go, whether it's go keto, go vegan or whatever, you might need to do that for a cleanse. And I'm not a doctor. And I say, seek your doctor, seek your doctor, because if you do these extreme things without a doctor's care and, you know, people who are knowledgeable and, you know, I'm even going to include like, you know, natural pass and, um, people, you know, maybe seek both, you know, and do some research before you do something so extreme. So this caused them, you know, this, this Sal, um, oath of Sal, you know, caused them to, um, to sin. And so that's all that I wanted to say about that. And then you could read what happened with that and, you know, um, the whole situation and the conclusion of that story. I'll, I'll let you read that since I took time to talk about this, but I think it's important because if you look at our um, nation, it's, it's, I think obesity, especially with children is like worse than ever. And it's not because, you know, as a nation, we're hard workers, you know, Americans were very hardworking people. And, you know, I love this country and um, there's a lot of beautiful things. I love, um, I love my peop my fellow citizens, but 
you know, and you could look at the outsides and actually it's a lot harder to work when you are overweight and you're on a bad diet. It's, I mean, in a sense, it's like more kudos because you got, you're working against yourself. You're, you're taking on literally the baggage of maybe 50 more pounds or a hundred more pounds every day and doing the work. So it's like how, you know, that's something to take your hat off to. And life only gets easier when you have a healthier body and light, lighter weight on you. But we have, um, you know, we have every plethora kind of food of every cuisine in our culture. And, you know, that is even in, you know, low income areas. And, um, so, uh, you know, if anything in, in the lower income areas, that's mostly what's available is the unhealthy food, but it's still, you know, tasty and all that of all those fast food places. And so, you know, a lot of people that are overweight, they're not necessarily greedy or um, in gluttony. They just eat, they only know like the bad food because the, unfortunately, you know, the, um, whatchamacallit, the farmer's markets and the um, whole pocket stores aren't, if you know what I'm talking about, aren't available there, you know? So, and it's not affordable. So, you know, in Jesus' name, there's going to be more like, um, you know, far, what is it called? Like farm co-ops, you know, uh, they, they used to have that like in um, South LA. And there was, there's a really sad story about a documentary that um, the owner of that land just plowed it down. But there was this amazing co-op where the people of our community were, um, were growing their own food and selling it and, you know, eating it and, 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 you know, every kind of like, you know, like not every, but uh, you know, many kinds of fruits and vegetables and herbs and greens. And, and so, okay. So that was, um, so eat healthy guys, you know, get some help, go to bibleforfood.org. If you find that you are what's called, you know, been labeled like as a compulsive overeater, if you have a problem with food and you've been trying to lose weight and you might have a food addiction, no shame in your game. I'm right. I'm right there with you. And, um, and I'd, it's it's really hard not to be like that these days, again, with our diet and just our culture and the pressure and the stress that's on, you know, so many of us. So, um, so I'm going to just go to Luke chapter 17. And it's interesting, after talking about that and reading that chapter, it says, and he said to his disciples, this is Jesus talking, temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. So again, temptations to sin. So not let's not add to the temptation by doing these extreme, you know, fasts or, or by doing these extreme, you know, lifestyles of, um, you know, of all work and un unbalanced and no Sabbath day of rest, you know, every seven days, just, you know, physical, I know we're not under the law, but just like physical, emotional, spiritual hygiene, so to speak, we're supposed to take a day off at least once every seven days. And that doesn't mean I'm not going into the office. So I'm going to do the wash and the grocery shopping and I'm going to, um, 
you know, take my loved ones to get their medications that day and I'm going to scrub the floors. That's not a day of rest, like a real day of rest, like from morning to night. You do think, you know, you you take naps, you you have fellowship with people that you love to be with and you just... I look at it like a sunflower. I've spoken about this before, but you know, you get the love of the son of God, so to speak. You know, I'm using a, a pun in a sense, but like a sunflower, like, you know, the sun, you know, go out in the sunshine. We were created to be, to need outdoors and fresh air. Get, make sure you're getting fresh air. Make sure you're getting sunshine. Um, make sure you're getting love. And, you know, there's many ways to, um, I'm not saying, you know, don't use that to say, but I don't have a boyfriend, I don't have a girlfriend, I don't have a husband, I don't have a wife. You know, you can, there's somebody out there that you can make a phone call to that they would love to hear from you or a neighbor. If you say good morning and you'll see their face bright up just because you, with your beautiful smile and your beautiful voice, said good morning. You know, if you can't find love anywhere else, talk to God. Read about how much he loves you. He, you know, I. that's how, there were you know, years in my life when I really was pretty alone and I got my love, um, you know, from, um, just from basking in, you know, the Bible. And hopefully if you go to a, if you're in some kind of church community or around some kind of ministry, there's some, there's some love there, you know, that that you're going to, I mean, when I walk on the grounds of my church on a Sunday morning, you know, I, by the minute you get out of your car, there's, people greeting you and saying, good morning with a big smile. And, you know, how are you today? And, you know, um, ushers, you know, with their beautiful smiles and getting all dressed up just for us to go to church and to walk us to our seats. And, you know, and, um, there's, you know, the pastor of our church, I love it at the end of every service when he dismisses, dismisses us, he just says, you know, he just prays that this is the best week of our life. And he's always within his message speaking something about how we are loved and how valuable we are. That always is coming through in some way, shape or form through the scriptures as he teaches. So, you know, make sure that, that you're, you're getting that. And so, um, let's see. Um, there's so much to talk about in chapter 17, but I really covered some heavy stuff about anorexia, overeating, and balance. And I want to also say with our children, you know, there's so much that we need to train our children and so much temptation and so much that we need to guard these days and so much we need to protect them. But in all that, you know, let's make sure too that our households and our, um, you know, our very own households that we create an atmosphere of joy, you know, and even in the office, I don't care like what we're going through or he says, she said, whatever, let's purpose when we go to work today, or maybe your work day is over tomorrow. You be the one to bring some joy, like do everything with joy and do everything, you know, in excellence and have a sense of humor about yourself. Let's have a sense of humor about ourselves because in our best spiritual version of our day and after, you know, we're so this and that, that we've prayed 28 hours a day and, you know, um, we fasted for 10 years, whatever, even with that, we're going to fall short of something that we need to ask somebody for help that is younger, much, maybe decades younger than us, that is annoying to us, but maybe they have the answer to something. It could be a techie thing or whatever. Let's not get so big headed and so serious that we don't see Christ in every single 
person and even people that don't know our Lord and Savior, even more so that they're God's creation. And he wants them. He wants them. He wants to heal them. He wants to show them his love and his grace, his grace, guys, and his mercy. What is Ephesians? Ephesians 2, 8 says, by faith, by, um, um, Wait, by grace we have been saved through faith. I better get that one right since I'm... By grace we have been saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. And that's Ephesians 2, 8. I want to make sure... By grace you have been saved. Okay, this is a different um, version that I memorized it in the New King James. But I believe that the New King James is by grace you have been saved by faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Um... So we've been saved by grace and what my founding pastor used to say that the grace was the faith that we didn't have this, that God graced us with this faith to receive the Lord. And, um, you know, John talks about in the scriptures, I don't know the exact scriptures, but we all have that witness inside of us about God. There's something inside of us that has this, um, some, awareness, like we were born with it, that there is a God, you know, that there is a God. And so let's look at even people outside of the body of Christ, meaning Christians, that they're very, very valuable to God and God wants them. And they're only going to know us by our love, one towards each other. That's what Jesus said. They're going to recognize us by our love, one for another. So let's, guys, you know, my sisters, my brothers, let's work on our love towards each other. You know, let's forgive. Let's forgive. You know, a good practice is when somebody seems annoying to you or rubs you the wrong way, think about the good qualities they have. Like just, you can come up with them because God made all of us amazing and wonderfully made. I mean, you could see maybe like, oh, they've got beautiful eyes or, you know, they have a wonderful laugh or they're really good at this. You know, they're really talented at that. Or I remember a time I had a really good time with that person. Like, let's look at the, you know, love thinks the best in people. So I'm going to leave you with that. You know, bring joy to wherever you're at. Think the best of people. Don't get so hard on yourself that you're so extreme that, um, you know, everything has to be one way and to get into like self-deprivation, self-condemnation. Um, Don't do that. Don't do that, my sisters and brothers. You're dearly, dearly, dearly loved and important more than you'll ever know. And I want you to know that today, to know that from the Spirit of God, um, to know that today because you'll be surprised when you get on the other side of heaven to realize how on this very day and minute, no matter if you're dealing with an addiction or um, you know, dealing with the food addiction thing, whatever the case may be, or you blew it and you got fired, whatever God's got, an, you know, God, God knows how to pick you up and send you on your way. Just seek him and that you will find out, you know, at the end of this life that on this very day and moment, you have a lot more power, talented giftedness and resources than you even realize right now. So get with the one who loves you the most, Jesus and 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 he will downpour his love for you and in Jesus and he's going to speak to you he's going to speak to your heart he's going to speak to your heart you may not hear an audible voice but he'll speak through his word and through his spirit so i love you guys for more information um about mindy joy ministries just go to mindyjoyministries.com and 
Um, there's content there to help you, you know, if you're dealing with um, special needs children, if you have to start life all over again through the things I mentioned, like addiction and things, if you want to um, get um, just a one minute inspiration on things like fear, intimidation, self-confidence, uh, there's a lot of information there that my whole my whole thing, I was led by the Lord to just be an inspiration as a sister in the Lord, period. Okay, love you.